Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the BMW Championship from Olympia Fields, the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. DB here and myself and Pat have a great show lined up for you tonight. We are going to get right into the course breakdown, what it takes to play Olympia Fields well, as far as we can tell. We even have some caddy insight for you tonight as we had a caddy friend of ours walk the grounds and clear up a little piece of information that's been misconstrued somewhat out there on the DFS golf betting streets, if you will. We're going to have a good time tonight. We're also going to break down some sports book selections for this week and take a little bit of an early look at the U.S. Open odds on DraftKings Sportsbook and then wrap it up with Pontificate with Pat. We're going to have a great time with that one, talking a lot about food and all the weird stuff that goes through Pat's brain. This episode brought to you by our friends at FantasyNational.com slash TJ, our one-stop shop for the last three years for all of our PGA Tour stats, information, course history, recent form, lineup optimizers, DFS insight, golf betting insight, anything you can imagine is at FantasyNational.com slash TJ. We have trusted our friends that run Fantasy National for years and we invite you to give them a shot as well. And if you use fantasynational.com slash TJ or promo code TOURJUNKIES, when you sign up, you get 20% off your membership. And it, whether you pick a weekly membership, a monthly, or an annual membership, it doesn't matter. You still get the 20% off. And if you pick weekly and you just want to try it out or a month, and then you decide you want to up it because you love it and get the year, then you still get the 20% off. It's a win-win. Check it out, fantasynational.com slash TJ. Let's get into the podcast. We're the tour, 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 tour junkies. PGA Tour fanatics, golf addicts, podcast juice, you gotta have it. Special guest, DFS, DB, and them long shot bets. From Augusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a last, sip some rose with Pat. Tour, 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 tour junkies. What's going on, everybody? DB here in the house. Pat Perry, looking like you just freshly showered. Pat, did you just shower for this for the uh, for the BMW yeah, Championship? I you did. showered for the people. Uh, yeah, I showered for the people. Okay. I okay. like to do that sometimes before the pod. You know, it kind of gets me fresh and feeling good and awake. You know that kind of stuff. That's so, that's good. That's I, good. I do have to say, I've got a Yeti tonight. I'm sorry. The ice is going to clink a little bit. I'm going to try my best not to not to clink. Ice yeah, we got a lot of pissed off people about the Yeti ice clink, clinking. I actually, since we're getting into that, I am loving this right here. Wild Leap Alpha Abstraction Double IPA. Like that. That just mm-hmm. looks dangerous. That that uh. I mean extraction. Is this a abstraction or extraction? A- ab- abstraction. I- I'm not okay. sure. Uh, double IPA is all I know. That's, that's what it spells for me. So I ran out of my wild leap vodka. So I'm going wild leap, double IPA until I get get some more liquor, but I'm ready to get into this, man. Ready to get into this. I I probably need some, some liquor, uh, this week since my picks were so terrible last week, except for my write-ups, my write-ups. I did good. The podcast, not so much. Um, it was pretty bad for me. And uh, just is what it is. But DJ ran away with it, thirty under, just obliterated everyone. Just put his his testicles, his his life giving sack all over the field, and just drug yeah. them through the uh, the TPC Boston. Did you see um, Kiz's quote? They asked him about like DJ and like what happens. Like 
like, like, has he ever seen? He's like, you know, I've seen him play for like 20 something years. And I just know whenever he does something like this, I just, I just know he's going to win. So I'm just going to try to pad my wallet the best I can. <laughs> Basically, this is like, if DJ's on like that, nobody has a shot, which obviously was the case. Yeah, it was pretty remarkable. Um, you, you know, you did, I have to give you credit. You did talk. Him I up. had some, yeah. And the and you had some great cash picks, but on the TJ After Dark show last week, presented by DraftKings, where I was hammered, um, you hit him at twenty to one on that show. So and your cash picks were good. Now FGS was pretty sucky. Mm, yeah, except sucked. for you got the Rory call right. Did I you fi- the- did you actually fade Rory last week? I did. I had zero oh, Rory in a single lineup. Good for you. So. My pivot point article was a hundred percent. Three for three. It's good stuff. Um, so, yeah, just be sure to remember, everybody, we got new content going to the website each and every week. Tuesday mornings, the 10 key stats. DJ was in four of the 10 last week. That's a pretty substantial number. Um, 10 key stats come out every Tuesday morning. And then my betting card, at least my first look, kind of the names I'm looking at mulling over, the approach that I think I'm taking to the week is going to come out on Tuesday afternoon. And then uh, FGS will come out on Tuesday evening or probably Wednesday morning. And then I will finalize my betting card on Wednesday, as well as my new article, The Pivot Point, where I look at three or four popular golfers for the week that I think you could pivot elsewhere and get the same, if not better results, but for less ownership in tournaments. So Uh, That is the schedule of content coming out on the Tour Junkies website, so be sure and check that out each and every week. And if you haven't seen it already, check us out on the Dan Patrick radio channel on SiriusXM. I believe it's channel 211 on the Tony Bruno show every Wednesday at 4.20 p.m. For about 20 minutes, we're going to talk some golf, and uh, it's a a lot of fun. Tony Bruno is a blast. Harry Mays is a blast. We're having a good time with it. A lot of good stuff going on there. Um, P. Diddy. Let's let's get into this. You know, we got the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs here for the BMW Championship at Olympia Fields and I got to say I've seen some seen some stuff on Instagram tonight. It looks beautiful. Of course looks very well maintained. Uh, our boy Kyle Peppers caddies for Corey Connors just sent us a screenshot from his yardage book, Pat. That is Did you see it? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. No, maybe not. It I is the it is the par three eighth hole, and he says, look at the back tee. Um, it's 264 yards, 263 yards from the back tees. It is a par three. So Kyle says uh, uh, that you and him would both hit a, hit a driver there. I said, well, you would hit driver and lob wedge. But, yeah, um, that is a long golf hole for sure. Wow. Olympia Fields looks like a beast. Yeah. And the rough looks up a little bit too. Just yeah, from the that first one cut picture. looks great. First cut looks fine. Yeah, but that second cut, um, the second cut looks a little, a little gnarly. So tell us yeah. about the golf course. What do we? What do we? Well, need to I mean, talk so you that. talk about the condition. I mean, Olympia Fields is a major championship style golf course. So you you can only expect that the conditions are going to be good. Uh, we are just outside of Chicago in the suburbs this week here at Olympia Fields. This is the north course, so if you're searching, uh, there's several courses here, and uh, this that's the one you're going to want to look at. It is a par 70 playing 
just over 7,300 yards, actually almost 7,350. And that's, that's, that's a beefy course for a par 70. So, I mean, that's, that's long. Uh, we got 70 players this week, no cut. So that's important. We're going to kind of, if you're looking at strategy, we talk about this all the time. This is really just like a WGC type week because there's no cut. So in the GPPs, you're really going to have to differentiate yourself to have a good lineup that's going to win all the money. But this is just another, as we've really seen since the, uh, since the restart, just another old classical tree-lined golf course. Uh, the fairways out here are bent with, a, with POA mixed in. You've got Kentucky bluegrass rough. As, a, as we just mentioned, it's looking like the second cut is definitely pretty gnarly. Uh, the greens are bent. Uh, they say you, you'll see bent with POA a lot this week. We have actually already got some knowledge from a caddy that they say they definitely look bent to them. He walked now, that's just tonight. Yeah, yeah, so just that was just tonight. So um, not necessarily saying that they're putting like bent, but they look like bent. So they that, probably are, yeah. Yeah, so they probably are. Um, and they're going to run really quick. I mean, if it, you know, if you looked at the, the media guy this week, they're going to run at around 12 and a half on the stint meter. That is pretty quick by tour standards. And there's a lot of undulation on these greens. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what these guys do. I think that approach is definitely an important thing this week. You got to keep it below the hole. You're not going to be, you're not going to want to be above the hole with some, you know, crazy undulating downhill putt. I think that's important for these guys. You've got seven par fours that all measure above 450 yards. That's definitely the meat of this golf course. And both par fives are, are pretty long as well. One's playing 626, and that, that's actually, I think, the first hole. And then 606 is the second par five. So that's long, both of them. They're not necessarily reachable for, for a lot of these guys. So that's important yeah. to look at. I think the scoring really is going to come from, like, holes 11 through 13 that have – they're a little bit shorter par fours right there with some with an easy par three in there. Um, I think that might be a little stretch where you see some scoring. Uh, looking at some quotes this week, though, I mean, it's this is not necessarily, you know, the players, when they talk about it, they don't think you can just bomb it around this course. You really got to be pretty precise off the tee. Now, we haven't really seen the tour guys play here since, what was it, the 2003 U.S. Open? So a lot's changed since then. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of guys hitting it a lot further. But I still think with the tight tree lines and what their sight lines are going to be, that you can't just, you know, bomb it your way around here. You're going to have to be pretty strategic off the tee, put yourself in a good spot in the fairway to give yourself a good angle into the greens. Um, so I do like, I think it's a ball strikers course. Um, what else? I mentioned approach is a stat I'm looking at. Definitely looking at form. You always see the guys in these FedEx Cup playoffs that are hot going into them. They, they play well in that first event, tend to kind of keep that, that streak going. So I like form a lot this week. Um, I mentioned ball striking. I, I'm looking at par four scoring, as I always do, uh, on, on par 70s, especially from that 450 to 500 yard range. And then, you know, long-term uh, stats from bent grass. I think that's something that's important to look at uh, as well. I can give you past champions, but it doesn't really matter because we haven't been on this course, so whatever. I mean, if you want to look at, you know, one kind of, you know, recent event that these guys, have, some of these guys have played, played this course on was a 2015 U.S. Amateur, which DB's boy Bryson DeChambeau won back in 2015. So there you go. That is the course breakdown. DB, what did I miss? What do you want to add? What do you got? 
Has uh, I mean, any caddy texted you or Instagrammed you in the middle of what I've just been talking about? No, no. Um, another recent event is the NCAA has a tournament here most years, if not every year. Matt Wolf, Cameron Champ have won that in the last few years. And then Morikawa, Victor Hovland, John Rahm, and Scotty Scheffler have also played in that event over the last few years and done pretty well. Um, yeah, to me, this is – I still think that we're going to see good scores here. I, I don't think this is – you know, it feels like a U.S. Open course. It's hosted a U.S. Open. I don't think it's quite set up for a U.S. Open right now where, like, a 10-under is going to win. I think it's going to be, like, a 16, 17, 18-under that's going to win this golf tournament. Yeah, I agree. Um, There's still going to be some scoring. Yeah, to me, it feels a little like the PJ Championship. It feels a little bit like mm -hmm. Harding Park to me. It's yeah. long – um, you got to be in the fairway, so long and accurate, which is obviously a deadly combination. But there are some courses on the PGA Tour where you can just be long and not accurate and get away with it. Um, here, it looks as though the, you know, the, the rough will be penal enough that you, you're going to want to be in the fairway and you want to be able to control your spin into these smaller greens, which you mentioned, that have a ton of undulation, and you want to make sure you're on the right level, you're on the right tier, you're below the hole, whatever that may be. Um, so for that reason, you, you want you want to be in the fairway to have control of that spin. So, but it's freaking long. Like we've said that, like it's 7,300 yard par 70. So if you can be accurate in the fairway and long then that's what I'm looking for. So similar to like a Morikawa kind of profile, like Morikawa is not yeah. a short hitter. He's not a Brian Harmon. He's not a, uh, you know, a Zach Johnson off the tee. He's a little longer than that, but he's not, you know, he's, he's not, he's definitely not like a, you know, a Finau or a DJ or a Brooks, but he's, he's probably not even close to maybe a, I don't know, like, I mean, I think Hovland's longer than him, right? And Hovland's not a super bomber, but you need some length and you need to hit the fairways and even some, some, you know, quotes from years past from these players talk about even being on the proper side of the fairway to have the right angle, that even if you're not on the proper side of the fairway, it's still tough to attack these pin locations. So uh, it is all about positioning yourself on this course and then being able to navigate what we're seeing reported as rolling like bent grass greens for sure. Um, I, yeah, so I'm looking at, I'm kind of looking at strokes gained off the tee. Um, I'm looking at strokes gain approach, as you mentioned, definitely agree. Recent form being a big, big, big deal. And we see that every year in the FedEx cup playoffs where you have, you know, you need players who are riding it hot, um, guys who just barely crept in here and they, you know, maybe they earned all their FedEx cup points earlier in the year, but lately they've sucked, but they earned enough earlier in the year that they're still in the top 70, but their form sucks right now are probably, you know, not going to be great guys to look at in a strong field. Um, where you know where, where the course is gonna gonna have some challenges to it but then again it's a no cut event so if you're playing dfs you can play just about anybody you can gain an edge a lot of different ways in terms of ownership um you're gonna need to have the winner on your lineup and you're gonna need to have guys that are scoring right um so it's, it's not gonna just be enough to have six guys that finish okay one reason why i like to scale back we talk about this all the time in a in, in you know in terms of dfs I'm not really playing my normal exposure this week in terms of DFS. I am going to go a little heavier on the betting side, which we're going to talk a little more. And especially sites like DraftKings have uh, more on offer this week than they have normal weeks this early. So they're putting out more head-to-head -head matchups. We can talk through some of that tonight as well. Um, one last thing I did want to mention, Pat. 
I want to ask you your opinion on this. So we talk about the bubble boys, right? And we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks in terms of FedEx Cup bubble boys, you know, how motivated are they? But let me, let me, let me pose this scenario to you. Let's say you are a Bubba Watson, who I think sits somewhere in the 60s right now. I don't have it in front of me. Um, I think he's somewhere in the 50s or 60s. And let's say you cut your Bubba and you get off to somewhat of a sluggish start. Basically, your, your chances of finishing top five and earning a significant amount of FedEx Cup points required to get you into the top 30 are looking slim come Friday night, Saturday. Do you kind of think that there's a chance these guys somewhat mail it in or just get through it? Um, and I say that because I looked, at, I looked at something this past week. The guy that moved up the most and that made the biggest leap in the FedEx Cup standings this week was Kisner. He moved up 17 spots. Um, he went from – let's see, where did he, he come from? Where is he? Uh, I don't know where he is now, but he was outside – so, so he moved up 17 spots. He's like 20-something. He finished like runner-up, didn't he? Didn't he finish runner-up or third? No. No, he got bumped out of – he got bumped out of third because of uh, – because English was second, and then Berger made that birdie put on 18, so it That's bumped right. kids to fourth. So. Okay, so even finishing fourth, he moved a maximum of 17 spots, okay? So you got to be in the top 30 next week let's just say theoretically, and this is not an exact science here, but, and I'm sure Ben would love to like tell me how dumb this oh, whole yeah, thing he is. Would, but yeah. but <laughs> that, that puts anyone outside the, the 47 range or even 50 range. Like you got to have a really good week. If you're in the you 50 really range, you have to have a damn good week. Not only do you have to play well, it, but if you don't win, you have to play, you have to finish probably top five and other people in front of you also have to suck. A lot of things have to fall in place. So all I'm saying is, are there certain players who, if they're outside that range and they just don't get off to the hot start that, you, that, that they want come Saturday morning, do you think they mail it in? Uh, no cut event. You get a paycheck regardless. Depends. I think it there's, depends. There's not much of an offseason coming into this. I mean, they're turning right back around the next week and starting with a Safeway, but – then even the yeah. bigger names are going to be playing more because you got the U.S. Open and the Masters. So I just wonder about that. Here, here's why I say it depends. And uh, we're obviously in, in the political season too. So, you know, that, that sounds like kind of a wishy-washy type answer. But, <laughs> I mean, you got guys like that are in this, like let's just, you know, go in like to like Bubba you mentioned. He's 58th. So Bubba could be a guy who's been on tour a long time, whatever else, has all the wins that, you know, whatever, major championships. I could see he being, like, just kind of – I can't – I wouldn't say he would withdraw, but just kind of going, you know, cowboying up over the weekend, not really caring, and just trying to, whatever, get get home as quick as he can to his family. That's that's the kind of – like, Bubba is, like, a bad example to me for that because he's a family man type guy. Like, you can see he's so he, – he can be so – just out there on the golf course. Yeah, but you just that, don't know. What he, that's why I chose him because he's on that line. He's a good player. He puts well on bent, and he's actually rounding into a little bit of form here lately. Like he's yeah. long, so it's just one of those things that you kind of stop and think about. Like so, for me, it's like, well, do I, you know, do I look at a player that far out and think, dang, 
Like if they don't really come out swinging, it's going to be tough. Maybe something to just think about for showdown. If you play showdown and you want to think about that. Yeah. Um, I think I most I think, of these guys though are going to be trying their best to try, yeah. try to go low. You know, you think of a guy like JT Poston or somebody like that, they can just, you know, if they happen to have a good week and get into that top 30, I mean, all these guys want to be in that top 30 regardless. Joel Damon, you know, the, the guys on the, you know, who's, you know, Damon's in 41st. I mean, he's got a good shot if he has a good week to make it into that top 30. Um, See, he's close enough to me, though, that I, that I don't think my logic applies there. I'm talking about the guys in the 50s and beyond. That yeah. have to, you have got to finish top five. If you like are 50 a Kucher, and beyond. A Kucher is a guy that I might not want to be on just because he's 55th. He hadn't really been playing all that great. And just, I don't know, maybe he doesn't care, you know, right now. And he just wants to get home to the family or whatever. Kucher kind of is a lot of me. I don't really – but some of these other guys, though, I mean, I could – I don't know. It's a tough question, but – I'm not saying I really fall on one side of it or the other, but it was something that I just started thinking through. Like, you know, is that a possibility? Is that something that certain players, especially veteran players, like the ones we just mentioned, Bubba and, and Kucher, who don't really, you know, the, the difference in the money for this event, you know, being if they finish T48 versus T68. It, it does, that doesn't really matter to them if, if they come out Friday and they're not they're not even sniffing the top five. You know what I mean? Like I just I, I don't I could see them yeah. just going. I mean whatever. they're still all competitive as hell. And I mean look yeah. at Louis Eustazen. I mean he was he was on the outside looking in. He had to make birdie on his 18th hole. He was in what the second or third to last group. I guess he was the second because DJ and them were waiting on him. And he's just looking at his yardage book and do, I mean he he put his heart and soul into trying to just two putt you know, because he had an eagle putt on 18 because he knew if he made it, somebody must have told him that if he made it, he was going to be 70th and he was going to make it into the next event. I mean, he grinded like crazy just for that. And he's a veteran on tour. So, I mean, I don't yeah. know. All these yeah. guys are pretty deckum competitive. So, they, you know, we'll see. But okay, it's an interesting theory. Just something I wanted to pontificate about as we will have uh a, a a more relaxed version of pontification with pat at the end of tonight's show which i'm very excited about pat before we get on to the picks uh we'd like to thank our friends at chill boys we've been talking about them it's mm -hmm. our new undies that we like in fact i just bought my nasty teenager who's freaking 16 and he's disgusting and he doesn't take proper care of himself and we look you know we're folding laundry and we see holes all in his drawers and he doesn't tell anybody anything like we're like, hey, man, you know, you could have said, hey, um, my underwear look like freaking Swiss cheese. And we could have said, oh, okay, we'll buy you some new ones because that's disgusting. But no, you know, that he's a 16-year-old boy. He doesn't care. So I've just ordered him some chill boys. And I said, you know what? You thank dad later. You know, thank dad later and, and, and be, be thankful that dad is, is, a, is a huge mega podcast star. And I can get these chill boys for you. Yeah, yeah. And you can understand what it's like at a young age because, you know, in my day, in my day, Pat, and I know in your day, we didn't have an anti-chafing zone. You know, no. we just – you just can dealt with it. You you, mm -hmm. you sacked up, no pun intended, and you just dealt with that stuff, you know. And these – now I'm about to have my 16-year-old getting his, his anti-chafing on and his everything, everything just caressed and held like a silk – like a silk uh, straight jacket around what his, a, around what his a package spoiled, from the chill boys. A spoiled 16-year-old. Just so spoiled to get the, the 
the, the anti-chafing zone. I mean, I know. we walked miles and miles to school with no anti-chafing zone. Yeah. Dude, do you remember? Yeah. I, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into that, but yeah, we did not have that, but I'm just saying yeah. if you, if you need some fresh new undies or you know, somebody that needs some fresh new undies, not in a weird way, but they just need, you just know for whatever reason, then you should consider going to our friends at chill boys, chillboys.com to check out their line of cool, soft boxers and boxer briefs. You can use promo code tour junkies and save 15% off your first order. Everything in your order, 15% off again, head over to chillboys.com use promo code tour junkie, save that 15% off. Thank you. Thank us. And thank you for thanking us in the future. Um, for getting some chill boys around your grundle area because you will not you will not regret taking care of that that's some business that you got to take care of and and the bamboo the bamboo they got the bamboo uh the bamboo ball wrapper that they put in in that thing is just sweet so holler thanks chill boys for hooking it up let's get into the DraftKings portion of tonight's podcast and then we're going to come back and hit some betting uh, some betting picks. Think, talk through what we like there. All right, top of the market, Mr. DJ, Mr. Thirty Under, eleven five, all the way down to at nine thousand dollars on DraftKings. Scotty Scheffler, who I had at fifty five to one, and I thought may had a chance on Sunday, but no, uh, I lost by like fifteen shots. Um, <laughs> Pat, three GPP plays, a cash play, and a fade. I'll let you start tonight i'll let you start i normally start at the top i'll let you go tonight well i i'm i'm happy with that um all right so i am going to start with uh mr justin thomas at 10 8 going back on the train with him i you know he was around eight percent owned last week in tournaments which i think is was was it, it it turned out where if you played him it wasn't that great anyway but i just think that justin thomas is this is a good course for him He's definitely checking all the boxes. I mean, he's, he's second in ball striking, second in approach. He's third in par four scoring. Um, obviously, we know he can he can get the ball. He kind of fits that combo you mentioned of a little bit of accuracy, but distance. I mean, he's 14th in the field in driving distance, top 30 in fairways gained. So, I mean, you know, he's he can hit the fairways. I mean, I, I just think JT, and I hope I get him at, at lower ownership. Now, it's going to be not as spread out as it was last week, obviously, in a bigger full field event. But I don't know. We'll see in, the, in where we are as far as these guys, you know, with, with Webb right there. Rory's definitely going to be low owned. Um, but I love JT this week. I think he's a good play. Um, so I will play him first at 10-8. I also like Colin Morikawa. You mentioned him earlier at 9,500. I think he is a good play. Um, you know, a guy that's just – well, obviously he won on a course that you just correlated to uh, this one, which is TPC Harding Park. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, it, he's coming off of a bad week. I'm hoping I get, again, a little bit lower ownership on Colin Morikawa. He was – let's see where he was last week. He was eh, – he's like 15% owned, so it wasn't that bad. I think it'll be maybe around that range again this week with a shorter field. But I still like some Morikawa at 9,500, checking the box and ball striking approach also that par four scoring number, and he's second in the field in driving accuracy, so I do like that as well. And then Scotty Scheffler, he's just so hot. I mean, his form is just incredible yeah. right now. He's scoring. 
He's doing everything you need to do. You're getting him at 9,000. I mean, I just – I cannot not play Scheffler in a field where he's – you know, again, he's just still competing with all these guys, playing extremely well. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens with his caddy. His caddy went down last week on Sunday. Yeah. I'm assuming he's okay. Um, but I like Scheffler at 9,000. Yeah, another guy checking a lot of boxes, driving distances. I mean, he's 15th in the field. You know, he's – He's 22nd in par four scoring, so I like Scheffler at 9,000. My cash play, which I'm not going to really do a whole lot of cash this week, Same. so you could probably, if you want to just take this as a GPP as well, is Xander Schauffele at 9,900. I like him this week. Also, another guy that checks some boxes. He is in good form. So I like some, uh, I like some Xander this week. My fade is going to be Rory again. We're just not seeing anything good out of Rory. No good finishes. His driving is not very good right now. I mean, that that's really what the, what's killing him. And, and he might just have to pull the driver out of the bag um, because it's just not very good. I mean, he's 53rd in the field in driving accuracy. Um, you know, he's 65th in that par four scoring from 450 to 500 yards. If you watched him, which I did a lot because I watched some of that morning, because that's what he – he was in the group with Tiger both days on Saturday and Sunday if you yeah. were watching the – you know, the featured group, and he did not look good at all. He was all over the freaking place. And I just – I still – I think – I don't know how much he's into it right now. I almost feel like he's just kind of ready for a little bit of a break and then the U.S. Open and, and that. So, we'll see. Probably going to – I mean, if you want to play him from an ownership standpoint, I could see that because he might be one of the lower – you might be getting Rory at, as, as low-owned as he's ever been this week. But I'm still going to fade him. I don't like him. So there you go. Yeah, it's tough. I think Rory and my fade, Bryson. Um, you know, I was on Bryson last week and he burned me. So here I am getting off of him. But, you know, when you get into it, obviously the distance is there. Strokes getting off the tee. But dang, man, like his irons are just not good. And, and it is frustrating as all get out to watch his irons be so bad. And, and, and they've been inconsistent. I mean, since the, since the restart, um, you know, he's lost, he's lost strokes on approach, you know, pretty, pretty regularly since he, since he won the rocket mortgage, he, he won the rocket mortgage losing strokes gain approach, but he gained eight on the putting green. But, um, you know, since the rocket, he's only gained strokes with his irons in one event and that's the PGA. So it's just, it's not been good for him and, and not, not consistent, um, so I think if there's a name to fade in this top tier, top kind of range, it's it's I'll go with that. Um, but I like a lot of guys here. Like I could easily every guy in the nine K range, honestly, other than I mean, to me the, the the Bryson and Rory for the reasons we just mentioned, and then you know, and I know I said this last week at the Northern Trust that I said it was such a bomber's course, and he still finished sixth. And and Webb is is definitely definitely immune to a bomber's course he can still go play I still think if I had to gamble on it I, I would I would fade him um but there's really not anybody in this 9k range I think is just a terrible play so if you feel convicted on him you know on them you, you do that so uh, my cash play and probably my favorite GPP play is Xander as you mentioned love the ball striking ability uh love the irons right now the form this is his time of year. He thrives in this FedEx Cup limited field stuff. He, he's, yeah, he, he loves does. it. He soaks it up. So I think Xander is a play. 
I love Morikawa as well. Like I said, PGA Championship, this, this just seems to fit Morikawa really well. It seems to feel a little bit like Harding Park um, in terms of how it's laid out, in terms of difficulty needing to be long and accurate. Um, and then I, I'm going to go back to Berger. I, like, I'm just going to eat all the chalk, I guess, up here. But it's going to be hard not to in this range. But I just the way Daniel Berger's striking the ball right now is, is incredible. Um, and I'll just keep I'll just keep going back until until it burns to the ground. But I've I've wrote him since the restart, and I'm gonna not I'm not getting off right now. And and that's kind of a those those guys are all in that little nine k range. And I'm you don't really see me going up top a whole lot. I think if I were to go up top, I might go up there to Rom. But uh, you know I, I like those guys. I like those names in that range the the most. So um, yeah, that's, I mean that's where I'm gonna go. I hear you. I mean, all these guys, I, I agree. I mean, it's hard to necessarily zero in and fade. Very hard to fade. But, but I also don't mind eating it. If there is chalk up here, which there is, I don't mind eating it either and then just finding a, a, a differentiator somewhere else. I mean, Now, here's a name, though, that I do want to talk about before we move on. At 9,200, Jason Day, who everyone was on last week in the Northern Trust. He was one of the, he was one of the more popular plays at the Northern Trust. He was owned around 21%. Um, he lost six and a half strokes with his irons at, in the two rounds at the Northern Trust. Lost two strokes putting, which sent him trunk slamming. Now, we have not seen that kind of a poor iron performance um, since the BMW last year at a different golf course, but that was the last time we saw it. Um, before that, the irons were very solid. The off the tee game has remained solid. His prowess around the greens and on the greens has been solid. Burning that many people, you know, at 9,200 in a no cut event, I, it's that one I could see. Like if he if he ends up being projected as one of the lower lower players in this range, that may be a really interesting move late on Wednesday to make in terms of tournament plays. So. I could see Just him being the pop about. the cork, the pop the cork on the fantasy golf sommelier. We'll see. I could see him being a a pivot a pivot point play from you know somebody popular. Yeah, I'm with you there. Right there around him. All right, 8K and above range. I'm gonna. God, he killed me last week a lot like Jason Day. He killed 30 percent on average. 30 percent had Tony Finau last week and watched him just not putt including it was his worst putting performance since the Arnold Palmer worst putting performance by a long shot since the restart came back he still hit the ball well he, he, he still hit the ball just fine but he just didn't make a putt I am willing to get back on Tony Finau after that when when someone owned 30 as chalky as 30 percent gets you know goes home early but then he, he checks all these other boxes right now, and the form is definitely there. Like, I am very willing to reinvest in this no-cut event and believe that he, he figures it back out on the putting green and it turns around. I'm going to go back on Tony Finau. I love him here. And then you know where I'm going uh, next, and it's Hideki. He continues <laughs> to just top 30, top 20, yeah. and he scores along the way. Like, I, the, the ball striking is there. I, I just – it's – I don't know. His his better putting surfaces of late have been bent and you know bent grass over Bermuda. He's always he's always been a little better uh, on bent. I, I just he's just been consistent. Like he just he's striking the ball. Now 
Um, yeah, and I, I would roll with him in cash. And then my fate is going to be Tiger. Back-to-back events, you know, he hasn't shown us anything since the restart. I don't really see – I don't really see a lot right now. Um, no, I just – I don't I don't see it. So, I'm out on Tiger. That That's incredible analysis, I know, but I'm not there. So, that's it. Well, interesting. Okay, well, since you that's where you stopped, then I'll go ahead and start with one of my GPP plays, and that is Tiger Woods. And this is the first time we are getting him playing back-to-back events since the restart, which I actually kind of like. I, I think this is um, this is a good spot for him playing back-to-back. And wow. um, That doesn't make any because, sense. Because, for, for one, I like what I saw out of him Sunday. He played extremely well on Sunday. Uh, last week now he's not shooting 10 under like freaking dj was and and whatever else but i still like what i saw you know he's i I think he's a type player that needs to play actually more i don't think you know he he's he's necessarily needs to just skip like three events in a row did you time warp back to 2002 i no, he doesn't he 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 needs to keep this thing going as long as he can and the way he does that is rest and not overcook it He's got that, that's fine. That's fine. But we're probably going to get low ownership again on Tiger. He's still striking the ball well. I think this is a good course for him. I, I I'm I'm all in on Tiger this week at 8600. I think it's I think it's a, a great price. I think you're gonna again you're gonna get low ownership on him. He puts well on bent grass greens. He loves the the fast undulation. We've seen it at the Masters and whatever else. So I'm I'm I I don't see why you wouldn't play Tiger. I'm I'm. I might have a hundred percent tiger this week. By the way, the putter has not been good. I just now, I just now kind of started looking at that. The, the flat stick has been what's what's holding him back pretty consistently. But we um, know can change at any time too. Yeah. I mean, you, if you watched him yeah. I, again, I watched him a lot last week. He hit some incredible iron shots, some good drivers. You know, he felt like it felt like he was in control of his game. And you're right, he missed some putts. But that can come at any time. And, you know, if we're going to keep getting them at low ownership, which we are, there's no, like, public money anymore. Don't talk – I don't want to hear any public money. No, he's, he's not going to be high-owned. He's not going to be you know, high-owned. So, I mean, <sighs> I'll, I'll take him at 86. It's not like he didn't just, you know, win a couple tournaments last year. I mean, the guy's still, you know, playing well amongst, you know, even in strong fields. I mean, he hasn't had the finishes yet. But that's fine. I'm okay with that. So I will play him in GPPs, which I think, if, if anything, when you get him in four rounds in a, in a you know, a, a no-cut event at low ownership, why not play him? I mean, so big, I'm a big fan of Tiger at 8,600. I like him. I'm also a big fan of Victor Hovland at 8,100. He's another I guy like, that I, I like. do like Hovland. I, like I mean, Hovland. I think, you know, that, for one, is, I think, a little bit too cheap for him. He definitely checks a ton of boxes. Um, he's, he's Yeah, when you think at, about he, long and accurate, like, yeah. that's that's perfect for, for Vic, young hoes. So, I'm a I'm – a, He's going to be chalk, but I like it. I, I like I think I like he that. will be, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, you got Casey right there. That could, who, who knows? That, that's I, I like Hoblin. Victor Hoblin. Cash play is play. Harris English because – why the hell not? Why, I mean, why he's, is he not an ATM right now? Like, the dude is just – Yeah. That bulldog, man, he has turned it on. His form is incredible. It's so good, and he's hitting the ball extremely well. I mean, he really is. So, Harris English is my cash play. My fade, because I'm just 
absolutely effing done with him is Patrick Cantlay at 85. <laughs> I told you that last week. Last week, you're like, I'm going on Cantlay. I'm like, well, all right. It is frustrating, man, because that dude is so talented, and, and you know it's going to come. You know it's coming right back. We need to do a what's wrong with segment on Patrick Cantlay. I, I don't know. He needs a Mai Tai or something. He he, he just – something's – But, we, I mean, we clicking. haven't seen anything. I mean, you go back to the Memorial, T32, T35 at WGC St. Jude, which is a short event. So, that's basically middle of the pack. 43rd at the PGA. He barely made the cut, by the way. And then he misses the cut last week. I mean, he just doesn't have it there. And if you want to talk about form going into these these playoff events, he's a guy that's – I mean, I don't know what his FedEx Cup standings point He's 37th probably, right now. Yeah, he's I mean, 37th. So, he's got he's to have a, guy a decent just, week. Just not – it's just not there for him right now. So, and then you're going to pay 8,900 for him. I'd rather play. I mean, even I'd rather play Reed or go to Finau, like you just said. Man, I tell you what, though, like when you look at it, his man, when you look at his projections, like already, he's he's projected to be like sub 10 percent, and he's such a good player. He's a world class player. We know that. We just haven't seen it. We just haven't seen it since the restart. But then you look at his putting splits over his career. He is like five times better on bent grass than his next best surface, which is Poe. He is good on bent. Very good on bent grass. Um, and then, like, look at last week at the Northern Trust. He wasn't terrible at anything except for putting. He was terrible at putting. But that's like that's kind of his mo. He, he's he's not a great putter. He he was just like flat with everything else. He was just basically neutral, wasn't gaining strokes, wasn't losing strokes on the field with everything else. And what we know about Patrick Cantlay is usually off the tee and approach throughout, you know, since he kind of got back on tour, he has just been so solid off the tee and with his irons. So at any moment, if that comes back, I don't know, it kind of feels like Jason Day. Like think about the, the caliber of player, you know, if you can get him sub 10%, in a no-cut event where you got to have a lot of ownership leverage with with tournaments like this in DFS, it's an interesting play. It all it honestly in events like this, it's almost like it's almost like I feel like there's no point in us making picks on a Monday night. Like, I almost just feel like that's what it comes down. To. Yeah, and I, I hate I actually it. I hate just, that that's the case. But the, the the thing that just popped into my mind though is because I'm looking down the list of all the 8K guys, and when I was doing my research, you could just you could make lineups of all 8K 8K guys. You know you can do that every week, right, Pat? I'm just saying you could do okay. it, and I feel like you could have a really good chance to win a GPP with that this week. Yeah. Who who knows? Like me and you hadn't won a GPP in a minute, so it it ain't. I don't know, but all I know is like in events like this, it just feels like you wait until where ownership comes because I'm not playing anything that's not a, a large GPP this week because I just don't. I, I want I want the I'm going to embrace the variability and the T you know the 70 players. Um, and, and, you know, try to make a unique lineup that, that's got a lot of guys with upside that pop, but I can get some leverage on. So, I don't know. I feel like guys like Cantlay, guys like Jason Day are close, and if you can get them low-owned in a no-cut event where you need a lot of leverage in DFS, it's worth a shot. But, again, why the crap are we talking about this now? I don't know. Uh, um, hey, but I, I will, I'm going to let you go do the 7K range. i got to run a quick <laughs> errand here. And you start, and I'll be back. You're going to run an errand? Okay. No, not an errand. I'll got to. i be right back. Okay. 
Um, while Pat is doing that, actually, uh, I will gladly talk about one of our new favorite things to do, and that is use some holistic CBD wellness. That's right, holistic CBD wellness. Incredible company. The, the one CBD company that I've seen that does this, right? They have their, their pop, pour, and stir sticks, okay? Pop, pour, and stir sticks, which are very easy, okay? So Holistic Wellness has a CBD product that targets stress, sleeplessness, all these things that you're facing. Maybe you're on the golf course, you're stressed because your golf game sucks. Or you've, here's a classic one. Oh, I went to the range last week. I found it on the range. I found it. And then I go out on the course and I shoot like 105. And then I can't sleep the next night because I'm thinking about it. Get you a little holistic CBD uh, stick and just pop that bad boy, pour it into any beverage, stir it up, get you a good night's sleep. Or take the stress one in the middle of the golf round. You're in the middle of the golf course and your partner, Pat, maybe, for example, you know, can't hit the ball and, and maybe he's like topping three woods and he's shanking pitching wedges and you're stressed because you paid a lot of money to play in this member guest and you really want to play well. You just, when he's not looking, you just pop and pour a little holistic CBD stick into your water or your beer or whatever, any, any liquid beverage, anything that's liquid, not a solid or gas, but just a liquid, pop that bad boy, drink that thing. And it's amazing. So whether you need help maximizing sleep, waking up refreshed, if you want to loosen up the body a little bit, loosen up the body, you drink it, you can drink it fast or you can keep it in there, kind of just sip on it, whatever you want to do. We are thrilled to have Holistic partner with us for uh, a couple months now. They, they, they've committed. They love the, T, the, the TJ Nation, and they want to offer us some good stuff. They offer an array of these water-soluble CBD wellness products, and, and the soluble water stuff is a unique formula. This is what's, what's important. It's a water-soluble hemp extract collected from greenhouse-grown hemp, making it very clean and trackable from seed to stick, all right? And so the, sol the, the, the water-soluble stuff and other natural ingredients in the stick let the body better identify and utilize the active ingredients and deliver faster results than oil-based stuff. It's very, very, very much faster than the oil-based stuff. So it's good stuff. You can, you can use it for the sleep. There's a sleep, a stress, recover, a digest if you need to digest a little better and beauty, which also men should use. Seriously, it's very good. Um, so it's basically those five sub-brands separated by a couple of natural ingredients. One stick works in the moment. It's super easy to do. Just visit Holistic Wellness. That's holistic with a K, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, wellness.com. Enter promo code TJ25, 25, TJ25, for 25% off your order, their products at Holistic Wellness, Holistic with a K, holisticwellness.com. Really pumped to talk to those guys. Uh, Chip McDaniel, Monday qualifier, tour grinder, star in the making. Chip McDaniel discovered Holistic and absolutely loved it. And uh, he's kind of turned us on to this. We're probably going to have Chip on the show here pretty soon, but he loves it. Works for him on the golf course. We thought, you know what, it'd probably be good for our folks too. So check it out. I know Pat's using all of uh, – he's already used all of his sticks, right? You don't have any sticks left. You're getting some more. I have, uh, I have some left. I used all of the recovery sticks um, because we all know that – like I thought recovery meant like recovering Hangover. from hangovers. So I, didn't, I didn't realize it was like recovery from, you know, other stuff. But um, it works, and it works quick. So. Nice. It does. 
Let's get into the 7K range. I'll make this. This is pretty quick and dirty for me. Um, mm-hmm. My cash play and probably my favorite tournament play is Ryan Palmer. He ranks extremely well. Strokes gained approach. Birdies are better. He's chipping the ball, you know, scrambling around the greens really nicely. Finished eighth at the Northern Trust. Hits it plenty long. Um, has just been playing really, really solid. Like, he's not a great putter. He's never going to be a great putter. But, man, he's playing really solid. He is fifth in this field in the last 24 rounds, fifth in the field in strokes gained approach. This is a really solid field to be fifth in approach at $7,600. So I like Ryan Palmer a lot. He's 22nd in the FedEx Cup standings, looking to make uh, maybe his first trip ever to Eastlake, but definitely this first one in a long time if he's, if he's been. So, you know, he needs a solid week, and, and I think he's probably as motivated as anybody out there, and I like the price at 7600 A guy – um, that I'm going to go back to similar to Finau, who also ticked a lot of people off last week. In fact, about 23% Abraham answer. I'm going to go back to old Abe. He's, he's not short. I mean, he's not long. That's probably one of my – the only knock on Abe, not a lot of distance. He's a very wee little boy, wee little man, okay? Very nice man. Um, I would love to, to sample some of his fine tequila, but – he is very small and does not generate a lot of club head speed. So he doesn't hit far, but he is very accurate and checks the box there, checks the box in strokes gained approach. And, um, you know, it's been playing solid. Just, you know, miscut last week, blip on the radar. But he's a talented dude. When we talk to caddies like week in and week out, like they repeatedly talk about how good Abraham Answer is. And, and I, think, um, I think he can come here, compete, and, and do really well at 7,700. I think he's going to throw a lot of people off the ownership number because of what happened last week. And then finally, a guy that I came on to late last week, and I had him in some lineups, and he did really well, Jason Kokrak. Finished 13th last week at the Northern Trust, 15th at the Wyndham before that. Man, he's checking a ton of ball striking boxes over the last 24 rounds. Eighth in strokes gain off the tee, 11th in distance, 31st in strokes gain approach, 32nd in birdies or better gained in this field all over the last 24 rounds. Uh, and that's it, you know, $7,500 for Kokrak. Um, you know, with that, I mean, he was 4% owned last week, four. He doesn't putt very well, but he putts okay on, on, on bent surfaces. You know, iron play last week, gained four and a half shots last week with his irons. Really liking Kokrak. And then my fade is going to be a guy that you absolutely love to play, Pat. I'm going to fade Alex Norin. Yes, Alex Norton, because he is sustaining everything with that freaking flat stick. That is how he is doing it. In his last three events where he's finished 8th, 19th, and 3rd, he gained 5.2, 3.5, and 6.9 strokes putting. Can't hit his irons. Doesn't do much off the tee. Scrambles and puts his Norwegian dick off. I don't know if he's Norwegian. What is he? What is he? I don't even know. Do you know? Do I, don't I still know. have you? You keep talking, up. You keep t- talking it, about him. And I'll anyway, I just – the ball striking is terrible. The putting regression has to come at some point. Swedish. Um, Swedish. His Swedish his Swedish dick off. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to I fade Alex Norm in, in honor of you is what I want to do. So that's, yeah, that's I think the this 7K is, range. This is, I only heard two GPP plays, or did you give – one was your GPP answer. Answer: Kokrak and Palmer. Palmer cash GPP whatever. 
All right, so I got Palmer as, as a cash play, but I, I we'll just let's just go quickly here because I'm I'm with you on Palmer. He was one of my my he was my cash play, but I could play him as a GPP as well. Kokrak I had also, which I was a little surprised you mentioned him, but I, I'm yeah I'm glad that we were. He's been playing so good. He checks all the if you if you run a model, he's gonna pop. Yeah, he is. Um, answer was actually my fade. And here's the thing. I mean, he's just not really in great form. I mean, you look at his last few events, but other than the top 15 at the WGC in a short field event, so maybe he'll do that again this week. I don't know. It, it hasn't been all that great. I just yeah. I think there's I think there's a little something wrong with old Abe, and I, I'm just not I'm not ready to play him again. So I will fade him at 7,700. I just think it's it's just a there's there's something off with him right now. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe we could get some caddy information on them and uh, bring that into the nut hut later in the week. I don't know. But um, I'm not a fan of answer. I mentioned. So it, he will be my fade. I like Norin again. Of course GPPs. you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't – look. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, Shakira. Hips don't lie. Hips don't lie. Hips don't lie. That is not the melody of that. I don't know. I can't say Form don't lie. Form don't lie. He is in good form, and I don't care what the stats say. He puts extremely well on bent. He's seventh in the field in putting on bent grass green. So if you just want to talk about the putting in general, it, he checks a the box there. I don't mind the price at 7,900. Again, you're right. Some of the iron play is not going to show up. Everything else, it doesn't matter. He is in good form, and he is scoring. I like Alex Norin. I will play him this week. Norin Norin. So there you go. And then a guy that – I just feel like this is this is a gut play a little bit, but he's coming off of a top twenty last week, and that is Cam Smith. At whoa, whoa! I, wow, I did not I, see that coming. I'm going to play some Cam Smith. I like him this week. He's fifth in the field in that par four scoring range from 450 to 500 yards out. Thirty um, second par four scoring in general. He is top forty in strokes gained approach. I like some Cam Smith this week. I think he's a good sort of out there, going to be super low owned. He'll probably be like 2 or 3% owned. Um, and that's what I'm trying to find this week anyway. I mean, because we can talk about the Brendan Tides and the Russell Henleys and whoever else in the 7K range that everybody else might be talking about. I'm trying to find you a different differentiator, and that's going to be Cam Smith this week at 7,300. So let's make a bet on Norn. Where do you think he finishes? Mm. I bet he finishes in the – I mean, let's just look at his last three events. T3, T19, T8. Okay, I bet so he finishes – T20? I bet, I bet T20. T20 or better. Great. I love that bet. I will take uh, the over there. So, T20 or better, you win. T21 or worse, I win. And the loser has to prank call Eastlake next week and try to set up a tea time to play during the FedEx Cup finals and act like you have no idea why that can't happen. And you have okay. to video it. Yeah. You have to video I like, it. Yeah, I like that. Prank call Eastlake. Okay. Alex Noren is what it's about. That's a good one. I, I like feel that. good about that. I have lost every prop You've bet. You've lost since every the, single since, bet. Since before I think this the year. pandemic hit. Yeah. The last time I won a prop bet, we no one had even heard of a, of a – couldn't even spell pandemic the, yeah. the last time I won a prop bet. But I feel good about this one. Okay. 
Only gotta the feel 6K good about range. this one. All right, 6K, I got, um, I got four guys. I'm going back to the well with Brendan Steele. Uh, like the way he's playing, like the way he's striking the ball right now. He's a scorer when he's hot. He's 45th in the FedEx Cup rankings, kind of right on that little bubble if you want to if you want to look at that. Um, 16th in the field in strokes gained approach over the last 24 rounds. I like Brendan Steele. I like your boy Dylan Fratelli, who we've had on this podcast before. He's actually playing pretty good, and I was actually surprised to see how uh, he ranks in a couple of things. Birdies are better. He's 34th in the field over the last 24 rounds. So that, that, that surprised me a little bit. I, I didn't think he was that kind of a scorer. I mean, I know, he's, I know he's been finishing well outside of the missed cut last week at the Northern Trust, but I like, the, I like his off-the-tee game. Uh, he's very accurate, decent length, you know, not super long, not super short. Uh, it's kind of like a South African Abe answer, except maybe in better form. So I like Dylan Fratelli. I don't know how you don't like Joel Damon. I mean, he's going to – I know everybody's like rolling their eyes because that's our boy. But at that price, you know, at 6,500, he's 41st in the FedEx Cup points, trying to get to his first ever East Lake trip. You know, plays well on tough golf courses or tougher golf courses. Uh, long and accurate off the tee that, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to hit it 100,000 yards, I think suits well for, for Joel. So I'm going to go with Joel. And then a guy that does hit it pretty far off the tee and just popped a little bit of form just this last week, and it's 6,300 in a no-cut event. Danny Lee interests me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I haven't played Danny Lee in a long time. But, you know, when you yeah. look at his form, he's very consistent. But Danny Lee pops, and when he gets hot, he gets hot. And he's won on the PGA Tour before, people. Like, he's actually – he's won. But he's 17th in this field in driving distance, 17th in this field in birdie or better over the last 24 rounds, 18th place finish at the Northern Trust. I think Danny Lee's interesting. It's 6,300 if you don't have to deal with a no cut. You have some upside there with Danny Lee. So, Brendan Steele, Fratelli, Damon, and Lee for me. I don't mind the Danny Lee call. I think that's uh, that's definitely a bold one, and, and he surprises me with his distance because uh, he can hit it out there. He he's he's got yeah distance. he can move it. Um, all right, I'll start here with uh, I like Brian Harmon up at the top at sixty nine hundred. I think he's a good play this Ugh. week. Look, he's not gonna you know strike your fancy when it comes to the distance all that much, but we talked about being able to hit fairways in the right spots and sort of and give yourself you know, a good look at these greens and be able to, you know, attack them from the right areas. He's definitely accurate off the tee. I do like that. He's coming off of a T11 finish last week. Um, yeah, I think I think Harmon could be a good play. I, I, I think he's certainly going to be low-owned. Nobody's going to want to play Brian Harmon. They're going to – automatically, they just think Brian Harmon, short guy, short knocker, whatever else. I, I, I don't – I'm not buying it this week. So, I am a – I'm a fan of Harmon. He is also – First, by the way, in, in scrambling, which I do think is kind of an outlier for me. We haven't even mentioned that hardly that much. But these are pretty small greens this week. So these guys are yeah. going to miss them. And so the fact that he's first in scrambling kind of pops a little bit for me. And he's also checking the box in par four scoring as well. So I like Harmon at 6,900. And I like Taylor Gooch at 6,600, a guy that kind of, I came on sort of late last love week. Love Gooch. I always love and, Gooch. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Sounds across weird. the board. I always like Taylor Gooch. <laughs> Check of the box and approach. He's third in the field in par four scoring from 450 to 500 yards. Um, obviously, he's been in pretty good 
form. I mean, you look at his – let's look at his last few events. He was T18 last week, T25 at the Wyndham, missed the cut at the PGA, but then had a top 20 finish at the 3M Open. So, I mean, he's been playing well lately. So, yeah. I am a fan of Gooch. He yeah. will be my other GPP in this range – GPP play in this range. Outside of that, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hit us up in the Nut Hut chat for some of these 6K guys. We always the, – the people in the chat, which I love. I love everybody in the chat. Love you all. They want to hear some 6K guys. So, we're going to bring that yeah. in the hut. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right, let's talk a little sports book for the BMW Championship. We got some outrights, top 10s. Um, listen, I – I looked at the top 20s on on offer there on DraftKings Sportsbook. I just can't do it. Like, because it's such a limited field, obviously, and you got 70 players and they're given top 20 numbers, your longest odds were on Jim Herman at 9-1. to one. Like, I can't – I just can't. I can't pull the trigger on a top 20 when that's yeah. my longest option. So, I don't have any of those. But I have some outrights, some top 10s that kind of I'm, I'm starting to look at. Uh, there are head-to-heads out early today, so I was able to look at some head-to-head options. And I do have a top Euro bet, Pat. There's a top Euro option on DK Sportsbook right now. And I'll, I'll actually start with that one. Your top European, Victor Hovland at 6-1. to one. Now, he's up against John Rahm, Rory, Terrell Hatton, Paul Casey, Fitzpatrick, and Alex Storm and Norman from Sweden, hips don't lie. Um, but I like Hovland at six to one here. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like he's playing better than everybody here except for maybe Rom. I mean, Hatton's played pretty okay, but I think this place suits Hovland's game a little better. I think if he beats Rom, he's there in terms of current form. Definitely, you know, Rory's Rory's something to be factored in, but Hovland at six to one, that kind of gets me a little bit, it gets me in my special spot. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I actually uh, looked at that as well. Um, I would actually – now, we've already done a bet tonight, but if we were going to do a bet and we were going to do a European bet, I would go Hatton over Hovland, even though I do like Hovland as well. And I, men- I just mentioned him, mm. but I feel like Hatton might be uh, a good another one. That is very strange. I don't know. That's really close for me. That's very really strange that you would not two. mention Hatton on the show during the DFS portion, and then now you want to take him over Hovland. Yes, things change. Okay. Things change rapidly on the podcast. Okay. In the outright market, if I had to go small ball here, you know, Xander at 17 to 1 is something I'd look at, and although it doesn't get me going. Morikawa at 26 to 1, I start to kind of get like a – I go from like, you know, I go from like – I go I go to like a roll of quarters, you know, and I'm just thinking about it a little bit at 26 to 1. I start to get – I started to get a little hot and heavy at uh, at Hideki at forty one to one, which is weird. And then in that range, you got Hovland, who I just mentioned at forty five to one. This range it starts kind of happening for me. Um, that, that's that's I think I think your winners are going to come from these you know that mid that mid tier range or shorter, as we mentioned the cream rising to the top here. Also, Ryan Palmer at seventy to one. We talked about him extensively on the DFS you know, in the, in terms of DFS, but he's just in fantastic form. He hits it a long way. He's, uh, you know, he's, where is he? He's um, 22nd in the FedEx Cup. He's got to have a solid week to play next week and get to East Lake, which he doesn't have a whole lot of opportunities to be at East Lake. So I think he's motivated. Almost won Memorial. 
Um, I can always talk myself into some Ryan Palmer for whatever reason, but lately it's been good. You know, it's been good. 70 to one there in terms of long shots, like really long shots. I mean, Kokrak at a hundred to one, Brendan Steele at 110 to one, both playing well, both striking the ball quite well. You know, those are big numbers for guys that are in good form that are, uh, that, that check the boxes in terms of distance, in terms of stroke scan off the tee, stroke scan approach, you know, Kokrak's not a not really a winner. We've not really seen Kokrak ever win anything, but you know, he's a hundred to one. Like throw a little quarter unit on that, call it a day. So that's about it for me in the outright market. I mean, I could see, you know, that Decky, Hovland, Palmer trio kind of being an anchor to my my betting card for sure. Yeah, it's interesting because um when you look at this as far as making picks, I mean, we were right there together. I mean, the three top guys I mentioned, or I was going to mention here, were Hideki at, at 40 or 41 to 1 on, on DraftKings, which is just a weird number. Uh, I'm just going to say 40 to 1. Hovland at 45 to 1, and then Palmer at 70 to 1 were kind of my three guys that I really like. I, I like Patrick Reed at 35 to 1. I think that's just a good number for a, a guy like him um, of his caliber. And then I meant I think Gooch, if you're going really long at 150 to one, I think is is a decent play as well. So I'll, I'll look at that also. But um, outside of that, there's there's not a whole lot right now that I'm I'm really looking at. But um, you know, I guess you know. if you're going to get a, and I think we've seen that a little bit. If you're going to have a big event like this, it's a playoff event that is you know, full of really, really, really world-class players with, you know, it's possible that a young guy with no win on the PGA Tour like a Taylor Gooch could come up and if, if it's going to happen, it's more likely to happen when there aren't any fans. We, we already talked about, I mean, we already saw Morikawa talk about when he won the PGA, how he felt like it was easier. You know, he, he thinks it was a little easier being without fans. We've had other players mention, you know, I think Paul Casey said the same thing that it was a little easier possibly for these young guys, that these inexperienced guys to come down the stretch and pull out a win um, without fans. Because I, I look at a guy like Taylor Gooch, I'm like, man, I mean, I love, I love Gooch as much as the next guy. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. Um, but, you know, the odds of him winning this event are very, very bad. But if – if he were ever going to, it would be when there aren't fans around, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you there. Um, top 10 bets. I got, a, I got three of those. I mentioned two of them on the show. The first one is Danny Lee, 14 to one. Danny Lee finished 18th last week, hits the ball a long way, kind of a streaky player. And he's had a couple of decent finishes here lately. And he's a, he's a winner on the PJ Tour. It's been a while, but he's a winner on the PJ Tour. And I like – again, he's a streaky guy. 14 to 1 is, is the biggest number I could find on a guy that I was halfway comfortable with with a top 10. Max Homa at 12 to 1 I think is another really interesting play for a top 10. Great ball striker, plenty long. Um, you know, I think we'll come out here with kind of that attitude of like – you know, I, I'm, I don't know. I just feel like his attitude is always so great. At any moment, he could turn it on. Form hasn't been great in the last couple of weeks, but I think he could do it. And then Joel Damon at 10 to 1. 
uh, for a top 10, I think is, uh, is something to, something to look at again. He's 41st in the FedEx cup standings. He's got to have, he needs a top 10 to play next week. He needs a top 10. And when Joel is motivated, that's what we do know about Joel. If Joel can get himself motivated, he, he, he can be a really good player. There are plenty yeah. of times though, where I think he struggles to keep himself in it, you know, like keep himself motivated, but I think he's going to be motivated to make it to East Lake. Yeah. I feel like this is a good week for him to be motivated. Yeah. If I mean, he's not something's wrong. You make it to East Lake, you're automatically in every major, all the WGCs. It's a big deal, you know, and obviously you have the chance to win a lot of money. I mean, I think even dead last wins like 300 and something grand. So, and Joel loves money. So I, I think Joel is going to come out here ready to go. Um, so a top 10 at 10 to one, I think is, is good money for sure. You got um, any other top tens or anything? No, but I would like to do something I've never done on the podcast. Can I, can I do something I've never done on the podcast? Oh, wow. Sure. Be my guest. Who are you calling? My son. Oh, God. Ooh, is he going to screen your call? He's going to screen my call. <laughs> Doesn't he know you're trying to make show history right here? Why are you trying to call him? Because he's not doing what he's being been told uh -oh. to do. Uh-oh, we're going to see Dad Pat come out? Yeah. We're, we're going to see uh, – ooh, what have you told him to do no, that he's uh, not doing? Harrison? Your dad is in the middle of a podcast right now, and I keep getting texts that you are not doing what you are supposed to be doing, which that means being off electronics and going to sleep. So you better do it right now before I come up there in the middle of this podcast. Now. And if you go downstairs and, and mom gets made aware of this, you're really going to feel the wrath. So you better get off right in a second. <laughs> All right. Good night. I love you. Go to bed. <laughs> that must have been pretty bad. I mean, you haven't done that in five years of us doing the show. Must have been pretty bad. I mean, you really got him, though, man. I mean, he's well, I struck, mean, I know he struck fear seeing, into me. You're, you're probably seeing me looking at my phone and all this stuff because I am, my yeah. youngest son now has a, a phone now also. So all I'm hearing from him is he's not going to bed. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. So yeah. it's just driving me yeah. crazy. Not quite sure what my wife is doing. But anyway, <laughs> that's beside the point. Uh, uh, where were we? Uh, um, I don't have any top 20 bets, but – top 10 the only one i'll bring up was uh you know just out off a good performance last week with the t11 harry higgs at 16 to 1 i think that could be an interesting play as a top 10 you know yeah yeah I, I looked at that card type. so i like that as well it's i don't have any top way. 20 if yeah, you've got yeah, any but no, um i don't I can certainly remember when i said that was I when you were getting texted about more, yeah, yeah yeah uh there are a couple of head-to-head -head matchups though that i want to look at uh, first of all, I'm interested in Xander at even money with Bryson. I just like the form better, the, the consistent form out of Xander, the iron play, the, the fact that we're in a FedEx Cup event um, with Xander. I, I, like his, I like his chances against Bryson, number one. Um, 
I can't say that one. I'm too scared to say that one. Let's see. Uh, I got one that I really like you got? because I just don't think – as much as I think Patrick Reed might be a, a decent play from an outright bet, head-to-head with Harris English. You're I saw plus that. One, you're getting plus 100 on Harris English, who's playing as good as anybody. Wait a minute. Are you really? That line's moved because I wrote that down different. No, it's oh, plus 100. That. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, I could – Yeah, I would love that. That's yeah. even better. He was at minus – English was minus 106. Reed was minus 118 earlier. Yeah, no, you're getting plus money on Harris English right now in the matchup. On, yeah, I like that. So, I mean, I think that's a good matchup as well. Um, I like I like Ryan Palmer plus 100 against Kisner. I, that one's close for me. Because I think they're both in really good form, but Kiz is probably the one that's like the most inconsistent of the two. So – which is weird to say because I think Palmer yeah. can be inconsistent also. But. Yeah, he can be. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I just – I mean, I definitely think the num- – I think the line is right. I think Kisner should be the fa- the heavy favorite. I think the line is right. I just like betting – I like betting a dog that I like. And I, I I like Ryan Palmer. So, if he's a dog against a guy like Kisner that, you know, can – you know, go on a run, but then follow it up with a freaking T64 this week. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like that one. Yeah. You know, I mentioned Gooch earlier as a bet. I like him over Mark Hubbard. He's matched up against Mark Hubbard. I think Hubbard's – He's been consistent, though, man. I mean, Gooch, Gooch is the favorite, but I think – I don't know. Hubbard's been – no, Gooch is not the favorite. No, sorry. Sorry, Hubbard's the favorite. Hubbard's been consistent, man. He's been really, he doesn't get himself in a lot of trouble. Yeah. He puts great. That line, I, I get that. That line isn't as attractive to me as some others, but um, I think Louis Ustazen, even money with Kevin Na is interesting considering mm-hmm. Louis's recent form, Na's propensity to withdraw, right? Oh, I guess Louis's the same way. Um, but, but Louis's recent form, Louis's distance is way more of an advantage here. I mean, that, that driver long and straight here versus Kevin Na, um, I just really like I, – I really like the even money there. And then the last one that I really like is a guy we haven't mentioned yet, and that is Corey Connors, even money on Brian Harmon. You mentioned Brian Harmon. You like Brian Harmon. But I, I'm I, – I was glad to see Corey have a good week last week at the Northern Trust, kind of under the radar – good week like and Connors is one of these guys that he tends to either he's he's similar to I don't know he tends to top 25 it or miss the cut and he topped 25 last week the irons have started to come back around he had lost the irons a little bit leading into the PGA he had kind of lost it a little bit he's always struggled with the putter but last week he was almost neutral with the putter his best putting surface is bent grass um so I, I don't know i kind of like connor's i like that he gives you a better ball striking distance edge over brian Harmon at even money i'll take it i don't mind that i like Harmon, but i don't mind that bad um so. i was looking at some u.s open odds recently Ooh. pat oh wait what I, I forgot about that i was too and i just threw away my sheet All right, yeah I, I just think you know it it's a short field this week. We, you know, what, what else we got to talk about? Let's talk about the U S open a little bit. Um, just some early numbers I'm looking at 
in the shorter ranges, we talked about wing, you know, it's wing foot. Uh, you got to be in the fairway at wing foot. It's a typical U.S. Open setup. Xander at 20 to 1 right now. You can get on DraftKings Sportsbook. Webb at 25 to 1. I've got written down. Finau at 40 to 1. I've got written down. Um, and then two guys at 66 to 1. Scotty Scheffler. I mean, I think you could see another rookie win a major here with no fans. I mean, Scotty could have won the PGA playing as well as he's playing right now, his length, um, 66 to 1. And Louie is at 66 to 1. I, I looked at that number originally when I saw Louie, and I was like, why is Louie the same as Scotty right now, like given his form? But when you think about Louie's performance in majors, you know, he, he's, he's got he's the – He's, he's like got, Brooks Kepka light when it comes to majors. Yeah, Some he's got the runner-up in every major. Yeah. He's been runner-up in every major. He's never, you know, hadn't won one. Um, yeah, he has. Oh, yeah, he has. He won the – won the Open Championship the open, at St. Yeah. Andrews. Um, oh, yeah, in a playoff. Was it a playoff? Zach no. Johnson and Mark Leishman. No, Mark Lee. Uh, Mark Zach Leishman Johnson was – Zach Johnson won against Mark Leishman. No, when, when – when, uh, when Oost has when he won, Oosti won at St. Andrews, he like won going away. Like everybody was pissed because he was just hitting every freaking fairway huh. and he never would make a mistake. So, yeah. I just think his record in majors, it looks like he's rounding into a little bit of form right now. You know, obviously we're, we're a little, you know, we're a few weeks away from this, but 66 to one is an interesting number. And then um, a long shot that's playing so good right now on the European tour is Sam Horsfield, who just got him a, a an exemption into the, or just got an invite into the U.S. Open this week. Sam Horsfield, young guy, won twice in the last three weeks on the European tour. He's 150 to one. Um, I think that's an interesting long shot to look at right now. So. The ones I looked at, um, and again, I think it is interesting. Like everybody tends to bet, you know, these, you know, when you're, we're looking at event to event, you're only going to get the odds out, you know, that week. Like for this week, we just got them out, like you know, in the last day or two. But for the for the majors, you're you're getting them out early, so there's a good opportunity for you to kind of get in before anybody does something or the odds shorten or whatever. So I think that's one good reason that I like looking at like the U S open this week. And I'm with you on Webb, like at 25 to one, I think that's a good number for him. He's just played incredibly well since the restart. You know, he's won a U.S. open before he's just got that type of, you know, mentality to win a U.S. open again. So I like that at 25 to one. Another guy, though, 28 to 1 Berger. Like, he is just Can't on a mission. That. He is just on a mission right now. He is playing good every single week, has never won a major before. I think he can, you know, win almost any event he's, he's teeing it up at. It doesn't matter what kind of course. So I like Berger this week. I mean, at the U.S. Open. I like from a, you know, I like Fleetwood at 40 to 1. I don't like how he's playing right now. I don't like that. But I think you're getting a higher number for him yeah, at maybe 40 get him. to 1 than you would if he had been playing good recently and showing good form. I think that that's the reason I like Fleetwood is not necessarily right now, but I think in a few weeks from now we've seen we've seen him get a little bit better. He played a little bit better last week and he's he's kind of figuring some some things out. So I think that number's just good right now and it could shorten up if we see better form from him in the next two weeks. Well, but I also think you could sit on it for a second because 
you know, we did see we did see him miss, you know, uh, miss the cut last week. Or no, he did, he made the cut last week. He just, mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe if we, but he's out of the playoffs is what I meant. He missed the top seventy number, so he's not in there. Yeah, he this missed week. the top seventy. We're number. not going to see him the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Maybe those odds. I mean, I, I doubt the odds get shorter with him not playing over the next couple of weeks. But, but I think I, they're about as long as you could have gotten for Fleetwood. He basically just like made his his odds for the U.S. Open as long as they could have been because of his play the last few That years. is an interesting take, though. I, I like that call. I, I like that call. And then you look at um, some longer odds, guys. I mean, I like Billy Horschel at 100 to 1. I think he's another guy that could, could you know, could play well in this event. I like Ryan Palmer. I think you may – did you mention him at 125 yeah, to 1? Yeah, I like him. And then Joel Damon at 200 to 1. Another guy that on a course that if he's, you know, playing well, I think I think he's – He's a guy you're getting a very long odds on, but um, so 201 Joel Damon, I like as well. Love it. Little little U.S. Open talk, little U.S. Open chatter. All right, let's get into the final segment of tonight's show, Pat, and this is where I just get to kind of sit back and take it all in and, you know, uh, for once just kind of be a spectator here, you know, and, and just respond. Tonight's final segment is pontificate with pat where we we just get random thoughts from pat about life about things going on about things that come across his brain uh we put a little a little little blurb of these in every wednesday night chalk bomb email because they provide no real value to you other than to make you laugh because a lot of times they they are funny and uh, so i thought hey pat why don't you bring some of those and and maybe some new thoughts that you've got swirling around in that head of yours and let's pontificate a little bit maybe we can help you work through something or solve a problem or maybe not maybe we'll just we'll just be done with it but let's 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 see what's rolling around in that old dome of yours there patrick well there's a lot but you know i'm gonna go with some some stuff that now you mentioned that on the chalk bomb we put this in there every week so some of these are from that and then there's some new stuff kind of mixed in here but yeah, I mean, you could chime in because, I, like, sometimes I want I'm I wonder like, what does DB think about what I just said and pontificate? But you never, you never respond to it because you. <laughs> I don't really don't read really it. Care. I don't like read, reading it. read it or care. But um, <laughs> the first I thing I want to talk day. about is like we we talked about last week. You we mentioned stats that you want to know for each other, like like what you do on a daily yeah. basis, and yours was like sugar intake uh, for me, which is is not as much as you think. And here's my first pontificate is that I'm not a big pie fan. I, I just, I, I think pie sucks. I don't like pie, any kind of pie. Like I don't even like apple pie. I don't like key lime pie is the worst. Did you like American um, pie? That was a good movie. I like that movie. Good pie. Um, but I just not, I'm not a big fan of any pies. And I think if, if you have lemon in your pie, by the way, it sucks. It's terrible. I'm never going to eat something what, with lemon. What about peanut pie. butter pie? Peanut butter pie is okay. Pecan pie is the best. I'll put it that way. That, that that's like the best pie out there. Peanut you butter. You don't like I like a you don't like a warm apple pie with like a good crunchy crust and like a, a hot apple if pie with a scoop of it, ice cream. If you, if you put it in front of me and it was warm and it was a perfect like like maybe Briar's vanilla ice cream. Would you put your dick in it? No, not like the movie Apple Pie. So, but I would, but I would probably eat it, but I just wouldn't be like all about, like it wouldn't be like, I may push it aside. I may push it aside because there might be a better drink. 
He's not a big fan of pie. I disagree with you there. I, I like pie. Uh, except for pizza, obviously. I'm a big fan of pizza. Uh, <laughs> That's dumb. Another thing that I, I thought about, too, recently is, and I hear this all the time, like, so my go-to browser on the internet is, is uh, Safari. But I feel like people don't like Safari for some reason. Like, why? Like, should I be using a different browser <laughs> than Safari? Like, do I need to be using... Are you insecure uh, about your browser? Yeah, I'm you, very you insecure browser, about my browser. You have browser, browser insecurity? Yeah, I feel like... Dang, dude, that there... sucks. Yeah, I wish... You got like, that maybe, browser shame. Should I be using, like, Google more or something? Is there some other... Like, the Firefox... There's, like, a Firefox thing or a... No, don't do that. You're getting like you're that. Getting, is somebody browser shaming you at work? Do you need to call a hotline number or something? I feel like I, I saw know, that man. on Twitter one time. I think Safari's I was... just fine. I think you're overthinking that one. I will say, I think chrome is nice they have the they have browser extensions and i don't think safari has those maybe they do if they do yeah. i don't know about them but i think chrome and their browser extensions are nice but i, I definitely don't think you need to feel shame or uh inadequate using safari okay well here's if you're where using I like internet explorer or firefox and then i think yes you should okay all right well here's where i do feel inadequate um I only recently discovered Chick-fil-A sauce in the last like That's year and a half. Nuts. Like and I remember like it was it was like a year and a half you ago. You remember where you were, don't you? You remember yeah, exactly they, where you were. Yeah. And that's like a flavor. Sometimes like, I have that, to like pull over just thinking about Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah, when you like when you hit when the flavor of Chick-fil-A sauce so first good. touches your lips, you're like, that's that's something that I've never. That's I've never even You're thought like, could be possible. Fuck me, Chick Fil A. Like Chick Fil A, right, right in the mouth. Wait, right in you, the mouth. You already had good chicken and good chicken sandwiches and nuggets, but then you're gonna have a sauce on yeah. top of that that's gonna be that good. Have you ever like, had I, chicken minis in Chick Fil A sauce? I I dip anything and I'll put a damn. I don't, I don't know. I'll put anything <laughs> in the damn Chick-fil-A sauce. I mean, it is so good. I'll I'll dip an apple in a Chick-fil-A sauce if I have to, or banana. I don't give a shit. That would stuff you, is so Would good. you eat a pie with Chick-fil-A filling if it was like apples? It, it, if you had a Chick-fil-A pie, Chick-fil-A sauce pie, with some apples in it and a la mode ice cream, I'd eat that. That'd be, that'd be probably my favorite dessert. Listen, so my son, my, the same 16-year-old, I had to get him underwear. Uh, he, he works at Chick-fil-A, and he brings home. He likes to have a stockpile of Chick-fil-A sauce at the house just in case mm -hmm. he needs it. So, like, right now in my fridge, there are probably 25 packs of Chick-fil-A sauce right now. I could just go down there and lick that right now. It's also, so what's the difference between Chick-fil-A sauce and white sauce at a Japanese restaurant? Uh, there's a big difference. Really? White sauce. I think yeah, it's very sauce. similar. No, I think white sauce. Dude, it's is very similar. Next time, and we're what's together, the difference? Another thing. Next time we're together, we're doing a taste test on that. What's the I difference? Bet, I bet shrimp sauce and white sauce because it's, it's the some, same. Some places call it shrimp sauce. It's the same. It's the same. No, thing. yeah, it's yeah, not, it is. But, and but yum yum. It depends sauce. on where you go. Yeah, yum yum. But yeah, yum yum is is uh, generic though. Like if you get to a place. Like a, uh, a, a Miyabi or something. If you go to a place like a Miyabi or something, they got like their own special white sauce. Well, yeah, That's I'm saying good. Yum Yum is the name of the sauce you could buy in the grocery store. Now, that one is not that much different than Chick-fil-A sauce, but there is a difference. I know sauce. There's very little difference. I, 
Are you questioning my sauce knowledge? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if I taste tested you right now and I put some yum yum sauce and some Chick Fil A sauce in front of you, you would struggle to to name the to name which one was which. All right, we'll see about that. But speaking of Chinese, I want to talk about soup. I think soup is the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> soup is so like, it's it's like, first off, it's hard to eat because I don't, my mouth doesn't eat soup right. Like it just, it always is falling out the spoon and shit's falling everywhere. And it's like, and soup is also, it, it's a lazy food. Okay. It's a lazy food because it's like, it's easy to make. People just throw shit together to make a soup. So there's like, like not a whole lot to do with soup. Like soup makes me mad. Like it makes I me mean, angry. is it lazy or is it, or is it, or do we, do we overcomplicate other food? Yeah, I think we overcomplicate it, and it should be just no, no. Like, no. So there you go. Like we overcomplicate other food, therefore we think soup is lazy. But what if soup? No, no, is no. Regular? I think soup's lazy. What if soup is just regular, and then we no, overcomplicate all that other shit? What if the cavemen were like, "Yo, grab me that carrot over there." Uh, uh, uh-huh. Uh-uh. grab me that carrot and put it in here with this rabbit no because if you it. wanted to if you wanted to make a meal and you said all right i'm gonna make a meal and i'm not going to the grocery store to buy anything whatsoever i'm just i'm just gonna use what i have at the house you're gonna make a damn soup because you're gonna be you don't want to go anywhere and you're lazy okay, so some would say throw like some, bill, throw some water bill in there on youtube says that's happen. efficient and resourceful no why do you why do you hate soup i know i do i i don't like the Japanese, the Japanese restaurant soup, just the water. Okay, the mushroom so water. I don't that like goes, that. That goes into what I was going to say. An underrated soup is hot and sour soup. Whoever decided to make hot and sour soup is a genius because this is, oh, is like two so things stupid. that you would have never thought you would like together. And you, as you got hot, spicy, and you got sour, and you throw it in. Now I don't know what's in hot and sour soup because there's a lot of stuff in there, and I'm like. Like you, you like if you're if you have you ever eaten hot and sour soup? Like you eat something, and there's like something it. like there's something dangling out of your mouth. And you're like, I don't know what that was, but the whole hot and sour soup experience is good. It's a good experience. I don't like it. Now another part of soup that if we you argue with soup, me, yeah, if you argue with me, you you are wrong. Chili is not soup. Okay, chili is just meat. With beans and a bunch of sauce it's a, in it. It's like, a meat sauce. It's a meat sauce. I agree. It's not a soup. So don't no. tell me that chili is a soup. It is no, not a soup dumb. at all. No, yeah, I agree. It's not yeah. a soup. Okay. All right. So we're good. We're good on that. Um, I feel like you have you have a comment. No, that's it. No, go ahead. Okay. A lot of food um, talk. One of the things that I thought about. And this is on this is on the 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 chalk bomb. If you attached my body. Okay, to some sort of apparatus that swung as fast as Bryson DeChambeau does, and and as hard as he does. With I mean, I'm I, I'm I like saying like if you took his body and it, like everything, all the numbers, analytical numbers and stats or whatever you want to go, and you put me on a machine with my arms holding onto that club, just like this, and just freaking through me like like put me through the ringer with bryson swing like is there a chance like my arms I, like i said in the in the chalk bomb that they might fall off i don't think that's gonna happen but am i gonna like dislocate 
Like, is my arm are my arms going to dislocate from my shoulders? Yeah. If that were to happen, if you were to do that with his feet, I think so. I think there's going to be some serious injury involved. Oh yeah, yeah. You would be. You would be. Um, you would be wheelchair bound for the rest of your life. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty yeah. sure. You would need to. You would need to. The next day, you would need to call a construction company to come build a ramp at your house because you would not be able to walk anymore. You'd be done. What what really makes me laugh is thinking about you thinking about that. Like I could see you either either you, you, you thought about that for the first time in one of two places. Either watching Bryson on TV, which is the that's probably the That was a that was it. Okay. I was like, yeah. And I could just see you thinking about that. I was like, if you just like makes put me, me in his body or an apparatus. That's why that, he beefed up, is he said, like, yeah. that's why I'm the size that I am, so that my body can handle what I'm putting it through when I swing the way I swing. That's why he beats. Yeah, up. but I'm just saying, like, it, it's interesting to think about, like, if you put a normal person's body into that apparatus and you say, well, what what's going to happen then? Is that person's <laughs> like, are they going to become paralyzed for the rest of their lives? I don't, I don't know. I would pay, I would pay a lot of money to if if said apparatus existed, I would pay a lot of money to put you through it. It, well, I mean, I've, you know, another pontificate thought is, or I've talked about on the chalk bond, is, is I'm willing to give myself my own COVID test. So maybe I'll be willing to put myself through that. I don't, I don't know. Um, here's another, speaking of COVID, you cannot sneeze anymore. Sneezing <laughs> is so, sneezing is so frowned upon in this world in public. Dude, like, the other day, it's the most natural that. reaction to things like you could have allergies, you could have peppers, you could have whatever you could else. Have peppers, <laughs> like things that. Don't make worry, you I, sneeze. I, I'm sorry, I have peppers right here. This is a pepper in my pocket. <laughs> but you can't sneeze anymore without being looked down I, upon, like in public. I mean, not like like by I was yourself. At the, I was at the gym on Friday. This happened to me on Friday. I was at the gym on Friday, and I literally choked on my own spit i was breathing heavily and i inhaled some spit the wrong way and i got into a coughing fit and i mean i was you know i was i had i actually pulled my shirt up over my mouth and i was yeah. coughing like this just coughing and i've never felt i mean i i may i may as well have like you know stood up in the middle of a church service and pulled my pecker out and started whirling it around you know i, I felt so judged and look down on yeah it's incredible it's i mean that that is a but i kind of get it like i hey i'm not gonna lie though if i'm not the one sneezing or coughing and i'm somewhere and somebody see i'm like hey man mother like yeah i mean i can see it but it's still like (laughs) it's it's like crazy like that's like the world we live in on i have bad allergies so like i'm gonna be an outcast for at least another year or so until they come out with it (laughs) josh kissler on uh youtube just put a funny vision in my in my head going back to your uh your being wheelchair bound you'd be in one of those uh i could see pat in one of those uh one of those lifts that go up the stairs real slow <laughs> like you're you're sitting down in it facing down the stairs and you're just slowly having to go upstairs to record the show every night so you can get up to your chair Oops. oh man all right uh, i think that's it is that it good for man. now i, I have other it. ones that i could bring up but we, we no i'm glad you're done oh that was good all right thanks man thanks for uh for letting us into your brain and seeing how things work. Um, 
And thank you, listener, for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about Eastlake, to talk about the FedEx Cup Finals. And then, hey, guess what? The very next week, the PGA Tour season restarts. Everything starts back again. Yeah, back again. Uh, Napa Valley, Safeway Open, baby. I'll be drinking wine that week for sure. Right back on it. Right back on it. I won't. I will be – hopefully I have some vodka by then. Thanks for watching. Thanks for uh, subscribing. Give us a five-star review if you've not done that before. We, we would appreciate that. Five-star Apple podcast review would be fantastic. It would mean so much. We, re- we, we read them all. We read them all. Uh, and let's have a great week. My week can't be much worse in terms of picks, so I'm already excited. I'm already really excited about the week that I'm about to have. If I was my future self, I'm already really excited. So let's have a great week, Pat. And uh, may your screens be green out there. See ya.